fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, MMA fighter Dwayne Ludwig and his wife Jessica stop by for a chat, including the helpless feeling of watching a loved one battle from outside the ring, the need to use different approaches in communicating and motivating different athletes, an uplifting story about how martial arts saved Dwayne's friend's life, leading by example, advice from the spirit molecule, all in a world where very few people can fight, but everybody can talk shit. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, Batten down the hatches and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 106 of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Today is a fine interview that Belilly recorded a couple weeks back with MMA fighter Dwayne Ludwig and his wife. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But I want to make a quick mention of Kiva. Kiva.org. We're approaching $70,000 in loans to help folks around the world out to get a new cow, to get seeds for their farms, uh, merchandise for their stores. It's just incredible how many ways you can help folks out there. And uh, your fellow listeners have joined me, and we have almost $70,000 in loans. We're going to break that in the next few weeks, and we would love you to join us. So um, please check it out at kiva.org forward slash team slash the drunken Taoist with underscores between the words and give it a shot. 25 bucks gets you started and it's amazing how quickly that loan will come back and you can lend it over and over again. And that's what we're experiencing right now. We're getting so much sort of a snowball effect of people that have put some money in, they get it back, they loan it again, that it really is starting to generate an amazing amount of uh, helpfulness to the world. So, And of course... I have to also thank our holy trinity, starting with Dr. Sarah, with their fancy new hemp wallets that we are putting to the test right now. Uh, so in addition to the incredible bags and backpacks and all the great stuff that they have made for us over the years, the wallets are the new addition. So be sure to check that out at Dr. Sarah. Uh, of course, our friends at Onnit, O-N-N-I-T, human optimization. Uh, you know, the, the variety of things is incredible. Pink Himalayan salt in the food department, uh, the alpha brain that everybody digs, and fantastic things like the workout mace. It's just a cool, it's a, it's a 10-pound ball on the end of a, a metal stick, and uh, it's kind of like, you know, practicing with a, an axe or a, a battle axe. It's just a fun workout, and uh, Aubrey has some great workouts on the internet that you can do, and stretch you and bend you and, 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 and get you strong in directions you didn't even know you had. And then finally, of course, sure design t-shirts. Incredible designs. Uh, be sure to check them out on the internet, and uh, check the show notes for any sort of discounts, so... Here we go. We're going to jump right into this show. Interview time. And uh, I'll see you on the other side.
Okay, guys, here we are again, ready to play with Mr. Dwayne Bang Ludwig. Welcome to the Drunken Taoist. And Seth Stacy, yes, correct? Sir. Yes, sir. Damn, I'm good. Nice. <laughs> My memory tricks are working. That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. We, I know we tried to uh, set a date previously, maybe about a year or two ago. Yeah, it was a while. Just didn't work the, out. Yeah. So. I'm glad I finally made it out this time. I know, that time we had some strange course because mm -hmm. you had the difficult time and then the studio we were at at the time was like, there was a giant blackout in the whole block. Nice. So we're like, okay, good not timing. meant to be this yeah. time. <laughs> not yes. this time, but now it worked out perfectly. So very awesome. good. Well, those of you guys who have been living under the rock and you're not familiar with Dwayne's MMA career, it's the long and glorious. There's <laughs> You've been fighting seriously some of the top names in the business yes, often sir. at their prime like I was looking mm -hmm. you had the bad luck of fighting BJ Penn at the very time when he was one. at uh, yeah. <laughs> the very prime yeah. of his career mm -hmm. you fought James Pulver at the very prime of his career yes, right after he he was he had just given up the UFC belt uh, he left he left the UFC for some reason but he was the current champion yeah, exactly. we were the first fight I was his first fight once he left the organization so I guess I fought UFC champion uh, in his prime yeah. uh, when he was still the champion just in another organization. I was on the fence. I, I was going to you know, ask him if we could fight for his belt. We were right. fighting for the, the, the uh, UCC belt, right. but I also was going to you know, be cocky or be confident and right. ask him to bring his UFC belt as well. That would be super cool, but I just never followed through with it. But now I look back and I kind of wish I would have. Like, I wanted <laughs> a picture with the belt. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> it would have been cool, the unofficial UFC champion. Yeah, that one I remember it being... Uh, quite a trip at the time when it mm -hmm. happened I remember you know Jens Pulver was on this role that looked undefeatable mm -hmm. and after that when I was probably checking online or something mm -hmm. I saw that you had beaten him I was like holy shit yeah. I can't believe that That's that was an easy technical uh, win though just because the way you step orthodox versus southpaw mm -hmm. so everyone says when you're in opposite stances to go away from his power which makes sense sure. but I like to go into it to make him throw it then you can counter that because it's a power shot you have more time to react but we're doing split seconds of yeah that's some serious confidence it's kind of like the dark mouth yeah. waiting they're waiting for it to close and they're yeah. gonna go right out yeah. that's, it's true that's true uh, that split takes seconds. some balls <laughs> yeah so you definitely gotta be calm and calm and cool under the fire yeah but that's what we train for and then you had some other you had the fastest KO in USC still history still yeah. do yep. almost 11 years now I that know. is pretty cool I still can't pay for dinner worth it but it's yeah, a cool it's, little title makes for a great story yeah. <laughs> right yeah the, um, and then you are responsible for like one of the biggest rule change in modern UFC That's history because right. mm -hmm. the fight with Genki Sudo I yep. remember stand up rule that was a crazy fight you that guys were cool. one round apiece and, yeah and uh, going into the third mm -hmm. and for those of you guys who are, may have forgotten the lore of MMA history, in, yeah. uh, in this fight, uh, they were one round apiece. And in the third round, Sudo... Right, you tell the story, probably. Uh, well, third round, Sudo was beating me up, and yeah, I was in, uh, had him in guard. And uh, I was so busted up that John McCarthy stood us up to check the cuts, but then they restarted the fight standing. Right. <laughs> so I was like, thank you. And I was able to turn the fight around from that point yeah. on and actually win. But the, without that... Stand up, may, things may have been different. Of course, I may of course, just knock him out sooner. But no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, he's awesome. And Genki Sudo, I've known him for a long time now, and always see him in Japan. Not always, but right. seen him in Japan a few times, and we would exchange gifts. You know, the Japanese tradition of omiyagi. So, 
Um, I still have an actual cookie tin he gave me <laughs> in, since when was it probably when I actually wanted to BJ's and he gave right. it to me. So there we go. So it's been a while. That's good. Um, but yeah. it's cool so to you know have connection with uh, your martial art brothers and not just be hateful with one another. It's right. an actual art and, and I guess a business, but it's a brotherhood as well. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. That's quite uh, quite a trip right there. Genki was fun. I yeah, very entertaining was, fighter. Uh, very good grappler. Very. Uh, athletic human being and very creative. I mean, he's one of the guys who had the best entrances in mixed martial arts mm-hmm. ever. So he's definitely a very creative <laughs> and brave guy. He did, he fought some killing matches as well. And yeah. uh, he actually did really good with Masato when they fought. Yeah. And uh, I think he, I'm pretty sure he dropped Masato and then Kijimamoto as well. But uh, Genki, he was, a, he was a fighter. Yeah, definitely quite a character to say quite the least. Quite a character, yes um, sir. I remember you guys were exchanging at the very end of that fight. You had mm. like a whole karate key yeah. brain stance yeah. thing going. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that was a good one. And yeah. you guys were like one round apiece. That one round was basically half and half. Mm-hmm. You guys were at the edge, and yep. uh, but you finished strong. And you had that because moment where everybody up. lost their mind yeah. at the very end. And had stuff. a mock a little bit just because I was, was uh, frustrated. If you are 50 50, why not? You're yeah. 51 40. <laughs> Oh, that was my great. Favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sure. was a hell of a fight. It's been, it's been a fun journey, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and taking all those, uh, all those uh, lessons learned and now, uh, you know, paying it forward and paying this, you know, sharing it with the, the students and the actual definition of sensei means history teacher. So mm-hmm. that's actually what it is. I'm just uh, relaying history now here. Do right. this and don't do that. So, which is why I have excellent coaches like Coach uh, Seth Stacy from Sudan, Alaska. He picks up on all the BMT material and, you know, I talk fast, sorry. He picks up on all the BMT material. As soon as it, I can create it, he's on top of it and mastering it. So it's it's awesome to have dedicated coaches like this. Yeah, you want to tell us a little bit how the whole game with uh, the affiliate program that Bang has, how it works, how you got into it. Oh, and... how it works? Okay. Um, well, first, thank you for having me here and inviting me to win. Appreciate of it. Um, me and a couple of friends started in a garage and uh, watched the core curriculum videos and... We saw that this awesome material out there, and we're like, man, if, if we could even do like half of this, right. it's just so incredible, you know? So we started with the hands footwork drill, built up on it, developed it, um, and then I started trying to find Dwayne. Um, I found him uh, well, actually through Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and he said, hey, here's my email. I went through the process um, to become a Choto Dojo. Um, he gave me the access to the curriculum. I studied, I worked, I built myself up. Um, I went and tested in Fairbanks with Jeff Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Went to the nearest affiliate there. Um, after my time was served and I put in my hard work, um, <laughs> I became a yellow belt. And then uh, finally um, I did some more work and then I went down to Colorado mm. to, to finally meet Dwayne in person. And for him to evaluate me. Right. And uh, at that point in time, he asked if I'd like to be an official affiliate. Because we only started out with, like, literally me and my friend Victor. Right. Yeah, and that's how it works with the affiliate business. Because a lot of people want to become an affiliate and they just have a smaller academy. Sure. So I'll bring them on as a Chota Dojo and give them access to the curriculum and then teach them about business and see if they can actually use the information to, you know, improve their lives. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the guys, one of the few those that's been able to become an affiliate so it's been awesome to have again dedicated martial artists martial artists like coach Seth Stacy in the system to actually pick up the material and share it and teach it and pay it forward 
That's awesome, man. And you have been building, I mean, I guess as a natural result of the fact that you emerge not just as a fighter, but as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then you, over over time, you transition progressively more and more into that role. Yes, sir. Then also to expand it from just the people you see face-to-face in mm-hmm. your academy to then the whole affiliate idea. Beauty of the internet. Uh, right. You know, it's awesome, yeah. You know, taking all the uh, lessons learned from training and fighting and competing and then being able to be my own coach and then teaching fighters and taking that information and now teaching other people to teach how to teach, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a fun journey. It's just part of being a martial artist. You know, I've been doing this since I was a kid, since I was eight years old, and it's fun to still be a child, basically. Totally. I still travel the world with my, with my wife and, you know, teach and train. Like, life really hasn't much, changed much other than I don't get punched in the face that's, uh, as much. That's a pleasant change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I live a good that's life. That's cool. Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, you guys have three kids, right? Yes, sir. Three kids. Yep. Three, six, and ten. She's going to be 11 soon. Three, six, and ten. Yep. Check yes, sir. that out. Two boys and a girl. How's the... Well, because also for the 10-year-olds, so back... That was still back when he was fighting about... She was pregnant uh, in the audience about the pop when I actually got the fastest knockout. Really? Yeah. In that one? Yeah. Was that like a ooh, premature delivery or too, too yeah. much excitement? The baby came, what, the next week, right? Yeah, yeah she was uh, she was on, on the verge. She was a month early. Right. Yeah. Well, I can, I can imagine why. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is my wife, Jessica Ludwig, guys. Hello. My cinnamon, Hello. My cinnamon princess. That's the... Yeah, man, that must be intense, the yeah, whole experience of... Uh, Especially because you're not talking about, you know, low level. You're talking about UFC game where everything is magnified, the pressure, the intensity, oh, yeah. the emotions. It's and, an emotional roller coaster oh, for sure. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was it was funny. Is um, Savannah did their first uh, pro fight like a month and a half ago or something okay. like that. And uh, yeah, just being there and see, you know, when, when you're in that situation mm-hmm. where you have somebody you who love, that you care for, that's going yeah, in there, you're different. like, oh, shit, that's a different feeling. Because yes. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it, right? Yeah, it's like, you are you out, the cage it. closes, that's it. Yeah. There's you, times where I've actually jumped in a ring when I seen like, <laughs> Where you get Your knocked out. Your favorite was Thai boxing or MMA? MMA. MMA? Oh, nice. Very yeah, cool. It was, uh, I'll send you the link. It was the whole thing. It, it wouldn't take much of your time because the whole fight was about 18 seconds. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. And uh, she just got the left hook from hell. And oh, very good. Poor other lady was... I felt bad. Left <laughs> part of was, the game, right? Yeah, it's part yeah. of the deal. Mm-hmm. But actually, speaking of part of the deal, one of the problems with any one of us loving fighting combat sports mma or just purely the striking game of course there's also the issue of there are only so many times in your life you're like a punch in the head because brain cells don't. that's a mysterious number for each individual exactly and nobody knows right mm-hmm. it's like some people can take a lot of abuse and be fine for mm-hmm. no problem other people not and you exactly there's the flip of a coin there of, yep. i don't even know how i kind of feel about it, rationalize it, approach it. What's your, I mean, of course, you've gone so much deeper at a much higher level in terms of specifically striking too, because mm-hmm. that was the bulk of your style mm-hmm. was primarily striking style. How do you feel about the whole thing? Because I mean, even like that, what we were just talking about, right? It's mm-hmm. like on one end, I look at your head, I'm like, awesome KO, that's like the coolest thing mm-hmm. ever. And then you look at this other poor girl and you're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. that's not good. <laughs> that's right, not right. doing good things to this lady's brain. So, 
Uh, well, I guess uh, the question more specifically is... I guess the whole issue of concussions in combat sports. Um, how do we... I get, you're I right to like bring to it up because I don't have a clear question. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, I would like to... I will say this. Of all the years I've spent uh, training, sparring, and fighting, I do have my athletes do a whole bunch of sparring drills to limit the actual hard contact right. and take as close as we can mimic to the fight, but to the point where we're still doing it safely. So again, what I found to be very successful are these sparring counter-reactive drills because you can shadow box with information, you can you know drill with a partner, you can drill it on the pads, but from the pads to sparring, there's a big gap yeah. there. And what people usually do is they just fight and sparring. They don't actually work on things. They forget all the stuff they train and just make it a fight and have the ego come and play to see who's going to win that match. Yeah. When it's sparring, not even the fight. So there's a whole spider web in between all this information between sparring and sparring drills. And that is like a similar scenario is you throw the jab at me and now I'm going to count on the jab. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the goal of the drill is for me to count on the jab. The goal of the drill is not for you to jab me in the face. So we, we set the, you know, we, we take away the ego, we set the, the handicap and dedicate the drill. And there's so many scenarios you can mimic off of that as well, like the cross and the hook and certain combinations and just touching a combination to, to the fit into the takedown and work your way up and look for the submissions and the transitions. And there's all, again, spider web of what if scenarios that you can play with. And it's been proven to be successful. And again, there's safe drills for them to get down the timing of the accuracy so they can pull it off when the time counts. And that's when the bell rings for the actual fight and right. not the sparring. So hopefully all that rambling answers your question that you weren't quite sure Absolutely. about asking. I didn't know what I was going to ask. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, that's the issue. Is like, I, will, I think in light of what you said, mm -hmm. now I have the question I should nice. have asked, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, is like, we love the game. Mm -hmm. The game is great. It's mm -hmm. fun. Uh, paying with brain cells every time is not fun. Correct. So how do we get keep the fun mm -hmm. without losing all too many yeah. brain cells and, along and, the way? And again, that's, you know, what the, one of the things is like there's a whole bunch of typical scenarios and patterns that happen in fights. Let's take those back into the academy mm -hmm. and drill that. And again, we need to make sure we're being safe in training so that we can go ahead and fight. Yeah. Now, with that same scenario, maybe you don't want to go and fight. We just want to train martial arts. We yeah. should still be able to do that safely. Mm -hmm. So I have all my guys still train all the same drills and combinations that my fighters do. Like the general public, they do the same drills and combinations that my fighters do. You know, only there's a bit more intensity with the fighters. Of course. But the common people, the civilians, they just do a much more enjoyable pace, mm -hmm. which that's martial arts. Sure. So it's, a, absolutely. it's a journey of uh, finding out oneself from within. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's the holy grail where you hit the line where you don't sacrifice realism, mm -hmm. but at the same time you don't take no yeah, views. Because yep. that's one of the issues. You know, you see some guys who are amazing, but mm -hmm. every single day in the gym is a war and yeah. they don't last. Like, like the, all the fighters, or I shouldn't say all the fighters, but from statistically speaking, the fighters, a.k.a. Yeah. So <laughs> they are amazing yeah. guys and they're always broken and, up. And I hear that they, it's because they, they spar and they fight hard. You yep. know, they, they spar hard in the academy or in the gym. So that obviously can't translate, you know, health reasons wise. I mean, look at your record now. Right. And not to be a dick because I love Javier Mendez and all those guys in the academy. Uh, but I would just like to see them compete more and be safe and have a longer career. Yeah, of course. And, you know, to get, if they're going to receive injuries, you might as well get paid for in the cage. Right. But then there is that fine line of what's, to the most realistic aspect with still staying safe but I found out a lot of those scenarios that's awesome and I and think yeah. that's just experience and, yeah, and even growth time. of the sport you know more mm -hmm. main internet mm -hmm. now people yeah. can talk to each other you can it, actually pick. I learned a lot from watching jiu-jitsu and wrestling actually because right. they you know they're the ones that drill things uh -huh. so I just think okay I want to take these same concepts 
just with striking. Yeah, you know, of course. It's pretty, it actually is pretty simple. Right. <laughs> yeah, but everyone just wants to spar because they don't want to sit and take the time to watch a fight or watch sparring and break it down and figure out these drills and patterns that typically take place and to rehearse them. Well, I, and I think that's where something like jiu-jitsu has such mm-hmm. an easier time. For because sure. Because you can go pretty full out as long as you're not a dick and you mm-hmm. keep cranky when yep. somebody's ready to tap. You can go pretty hard and be mm-hmm. okay. Uh, the, the realism when the game is punching you in the head mm-hmm. obviously must be leaving. Yeah, <laughs> just, just you know, self-defense yeah. mechanisms that want to protect your organs in your head. So you're just like, whoa, you freak yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. There's no other thing in life that you face that would that mimics that you know like nothing gets thrown at your face at, right you know 100 miles an hour or however fast we punch i should actually know that huh the statistics of the speed of a typical punch or kick or a knee or the exact ones yeah. right yeah, it doesn't matter I'm still a ninja and um the bulk of your game early yes, on you were uh, primarily um training with bass root and correct yes, that was the i would He's imagine there are quite a few stories there oh he's yes. awesome yeah training with him is very intense and uh, he's a very caring and passionate instructor which is why i'm still with him to this day right. you know and i've been able to take his system and basically with Ty is, is is boss's system i just continue to add pieces to the puzzles all. right and now we're officially working together so it's awesome to perfect you know, work with one another yeah you guys have had a long-standing relationship by 20 now. years yeah 20 years that's yes, that's solid yeah. <laughs> that's Thank uh, goodness that's great man yeah and, uh, i remember like bass being one of not only the most entertaining guys for his fighting, which was awesome, guy. but also just anytime he opened his mouth, mm-hmm. he would just, even just like he's the genius. Pride comment when he yeah. was the main commentator for Pride, he was like, he was like such a different he's thing from so watching funny. anybody else because he was hilarious. Like his a stories are very unique human being. Yeah, yeah, to say I the least. Sense he's the man. And I think he's one of the things about it's almost like the positive stereotype that you hear, which is true in a lot of cases. How you see some of these guys who are tough as hell. Mm-hmm who are the most relaxed and nice mm. guys around because they For got sure. nothing to prove. No, they get, we usually get beat up every day. Right. Sorry, our <laughs> egos are gone. It's left it's at the like, academy under the floor. After so. enough uh, enough beatings there, it's mm. like the ego can... And I think that's what happens, is people tend to become either a lot less pleasant mm-hmm. or a lot more pleasant. Yeah. Rarely you remain the same. Yeah, you either kind sure. of like that ego as gets battered, you find a way to reinforce yeah. it and hold on to it tighter, or yeah. you relax and let it go. But Yeah, so it's... You know, interesting to see which direction our personalities take yeah. us. Our personalities take people. Absolutely. People develop the personalities or whatever the path is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. indeed. How's the? Um, do you still get the itch sometimes, just as a coach, when you see your guys go in and you're like, <laughs> not at all. Like my last fight was actually in 2004. I felt like my last uh, fight where I gave it my all, was right. focused and dedicated. You know. Uh, I, the last couple of years of my fighting, I was just doing it for the money. You know? right. I didn't really want to fight. And <laughs> now at this point, I still don't want to fight. Like, I live my life much right. more. Just uh, you know, spending time with my wife and eating yeah. what I want, teaching and sharing, and it's a much more rewarding path to help others now. Mm-hmm. You know, but as a fighter, you need to be on a selfish journey. But now I can help positively, positively uh, affect or you know help other people improve their lives in this through martial arts so that's just much more rewarding than being on the selfish journey as a fighter so do I still want to fight no 
Not at all. <laughs> Just with my wife in about three hours. That's <laughs> actually, since this is not a video podcast, you miss the flying elbow that she just threw. Thank you for the narration. Yeah. Yes. The technique was good, but please not my directions. Yeah, no, that was a beautiful flying elbow. That's, next time spinning, that's the only thing I would add. That makes it even cooler. But no, that's awesome. But still, in your coaching, you're still at the top of the game, like with for DJ sure. Dilla Show, for example, mm-hmm. being one of your fighters. Mr. Yes, and Joseph Benavides yep. and uh, Brandon Moreno has been training there. We just had Jeremy Stevens at the academy. Uh, so we'll see what this all turns into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking to not necessarily spend more, you know, more time bringing on fighters and making a fight camp. It's a, definitely a martial art academy. But as long as people come in and they follow the, the rules, the etiquette, and the structure, then we're good to go. You will get better. Right. There's, there's no point but to get better when you do my drills. Mm-hmm. You do our drills. It's just the way it is. Of course. You know, you're a product of your environment. When you're on excellence, that's just what happens. Yeah. <laughs> that's the nature of the yeah, game. I learned yes. from my wife. Where's the, um, where do you guys... Where do you think you are with TJ? He's heading for a title shot. He is... should be getting a title shot against uh, Cody Garbrandt now. Mm-hmm. Or actually, Cody Garbrandt should be getting a title shot against <laughs> TJ, to be honest. Uh hope just waiting on a date, you know, and seeing right. what's going to actually happen. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that Cody isn't scared to give TJ a rematch. Mm-hmm. Or not a rematch, but give him a shot at the title. Sure. Uh, I feel Cruz was reluctant to Trying pull to, the trigger right. and make that happen. He was being smart, which is, I'm not trying to fight TJ either, of right? Of course. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm definitely, well, the fight's not set yet, so mm-hmm. hopefully Cody will sign. But according to his interviews, he doesn't seem to have a problem fighting TJ, which is going to be awesome to have that fight. And there's the whole drama aspect as well from being part of the team off of and leaving and stuff. So people can spin that whatever direction they want. But <laughs> it is just like uh, what they used to do with Spar in the Academy, which yeah. was uh, sometimes turned into fights, which shouldn't, but it has turned into fights. Really? And uh, now this the... <laughs> time they just get paid for it. So it's like nothing's really changed. Right. That's funny. Other than you know, people actually have some more feelings towards yeah. the fights, right? <laughs> there's more at stake, but yeah. uh, there's definitely. On the TJ thing, yes, I sir. guess the, um, his game changes so much mm-hmm. since uh, since you were, like, since you got in, basically, since you started coaching. Yeah, since we started working together. Uh, yeah. You know, that's just one thing, me as a coach, I have an actual system, which again came from Sensei Rudin, uh, and I have a whole bunch of uh, drills and combinations that are mapped out to be proven to be successful, and I have my fighters pick and choose from those and see what they like. But it's not to stay in that box. It's to, I need to pull out their full potential, whatever yep. direction it is. So the the main goal is to always improve. Like mm-hmm. something feels good, pay attention to your natural intuition. And it's again, it's art. And we're finding out what the next layer of the piece of the puzzle is. And that can't happen with me giving you stuff they've already done. Like mm-hmm. We need to figure out what's the next piece of the puzzle for your athletic ability. And with TJ being such a ninja, it's limitless so far, you know, and it's just about me listening to him as much as it is him listen, listening to me. It's just a collaboration, you know, as sure. every relationship or business deal should be is a win-win scenario, right? So I become better as a martial art instructor and he becomes better as a martial artist and we just grow together and it's awesome. That's and then great. we figure out these drills and combinations and we give them to Coach Seth Stacy and he's rocking them in like two weeks you're like what the heck um but it's it's just it's fun again to you know have martial arts as the tool to help people better their lives whether Mm -hmm. it's tj or just you know average civilians regular people and i think that's interesting what you're saying because part of the deal right there is that typically the guys who are into the whole pro fighting game Mm -hmm. are about pro fighting you know it's a fighter's camp it's that's it you're not teaching the regular people yeah uh, people who are teaching general audiences don't have their fighters. You know, it's mm-hmm. like usually those are two different yeah. tracks. 
it's rare because I think the goals often are different. You know, the guys who are into the pro fighting is I want my name in the, you know, I want to win, I want my money, I want to get, you know, it's a profession mm -hmm. as you got. Whereas sometimes, so the emphasis necessarily on self-improvement, yes, which is what you are putting the accent yeah. on, not always there. Or if it's there, it's there because that one guy wants to, yeah. you know, not because it's the part of the vision mm -hmm. of the academy, part of the yeah. vision of the team. It's like that particular guy, it's how he approaches life, mm -hmm. so that's how he does it. Yeah, nice, yeah. But it's not exactly, a, and I think that's interesting. I mean, ultimately, that's probably the most interesting thing about martial arts, period, because when you think about it, you know, you spend so many hours on the mat mm -hmm. for what, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't mean for what as in a rhetorical question, like for, but literally, like, why mm -hmm. spend so many hours training about, right? and exactly, yeah. if it's not about self-development, then mm -hmm. who cares, you know, yeah. it's like, go lift some weights, go do whatever, you know, yeah. it's, it's it shouldn't be if it's about self-development that's a different story yeah because then the rewards are limitless on that agreed yeah and just finding out who you are and i'm still figuring out who i am you know, <laughs> right. it changes daily you know? exactly but there that's... you know there's a couple there's a couple paths like as far as a martial art journey is you can you know stay on the strict and steady path on what you need to work on to beat this fighter or work on the path of your own self-development or work on the path of figuring out a system you know and then there's the whole spider web of the three things mixed up as well but you know, ultimately, that's so what goes back to like when I coach TJ is I have all this information already logged in the system. You know, let's use some of it. Well, we use most of it, right? But just do spin offs of certain mm -hmm. things, and again, pay attention to your natural intuition. And it's again, the main goal is just self development, and it's nice to have the fights and another trained killer across the cage to figure out the puzzle and the riddle to beat him. You know, sure. and find out what's going to be successful. But then. Uh, it's good too, just to just to train, you know, not for an opponent, just for your own again development and journey. And and even then, I guess is there's that element of when you are in the fight, mm -hmm. you learn something different than you do in just regular training. Yes, you know? for sure. <laughs> there's there's something there that you can't mimic in the gym. Yeah. You can't. There's, like, there's a lot of other elements that you can pay attention to. Yeah. But again, you know, what I ask my guys to do is just focus on what they can control, and that's their reaction to the scenarios right what we're creating and dictating so uh but there's definitely a lot of other things you can't think of but it's not paying you any justice well i guess it depends on what actually motivates you because there's certain fighters that i have to coach positively and then someone have to coach negatively right they call me, you know hurry up motherfucker right. and, hey good job today and yeah so, <laughs> whatever's gonna pull out their potential right that's me as a coach is to not make them me but again pull out their full potential well, and i think what you just said is mm -hmm. as a good coach and really as a good anything because you do that as a parent you do that as a yes. in a job in anything mm -hmm. is you need to realize who you are talking to and mm -hmm. they are not all the same people so it's like as you say if i trap yeah. with positive reinforcement mm -hmm. the one that does not thrive on positive mm -hmm. reinforcement we need to press a little yeah. kick to get going mm -hmm. I'm not doing them a favor mm -hmm. and vice versa if you're yelling at somebody who's more would respond well to like a more mellow approach mm -hmm. and shuts down you're not so that ability to be able to figure out who's in front of you mm -hmm. and which communication style you need to use is everything because yeah. you need you use it yeah. in every aspect of life audience, huh? yeah. do you think something like that is it just you is just that's kind of how you have been and you're more sensitive you have that ability to pick up that on people is this something you picked up on the mat is I, it... I guess you know something you develop over the years mm -hmm. but it's something i felt i've always i've always kind of like felt people uh -huh. you know so i remember that since i was a kid i yeah. kind of feel this guy was like a good person or not mm -hmm. right so um and then again it just, it's been heightened and enhanced over the years Hopefully, hopefully or maybe it's wearing off i don't know <laughs> one of the others well if it works it's worked yeah it's, it's been good so far 
I'm not wiser. I say you got wiser. Oh, I got wiser. Thanks, sweetie. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the positive nice. feedback. Here you go. <laughs> that's the... Thank you, goodness. I think because in that is... That's one thing that fascinates me because really like that topic, which I guess if we were to sum up in one word would be empathy, which I don't mean nice. as like compassion or nice, but empathy is in, I can feel what the person mm -hmm. is feeling. So that way you can make an educated decision of how you want to treat them, how you want to respond, what communication style works best for mm -hmm. whom. But if you don't have the empathy, you can have all the good intentions in the world, but if you can't read them, nice. the yeah. whole game is up. Yeah, you know? back to being good at knowing your audience. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the good conductor. And I think that's one of those questions that it's unanswerable because it's those nature versus nurture things. Mm. Like, is it, did you have it all along or does mm. it, and it's probably both, you know, there is yeah. an element that is not everybody's got it, but of course what you do will develop it or won't. Yes. Yep. And uh, Agreed. Nice. that uh, I'm always fascinated awesome. with that. So just another piece of the art being able to develop and put something into the correct pattern for to enjoy it or for someone to retain the information to be successful. So there's a lot of things that tie in together, huh? I think it's it applies to everything. Mm -hmm. It really applies to everything. It's one of the single uh, Miyamoto Musashi, right? You I... learn the art of the sword and it applies to all things. Mm -hmm. It's it's that kind of thing. It's like, because all of us, I think we're all drawn to whatever particular path appeal to our personality. Mm -hmm. But once you get out of the little nerdy details that are part of that field and you look at the principles, the principles are life, you know, it's the same. It's not that it changes from being a parent to being a good leader or a coach or the principles are those, they remain. Yeah. And that's why to me it's interesting because then you can take that thing and rather than be, even like martial arts, rather than being something that martial art is what you do on the mat mm -hmm. or in the ring, then it applies to everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the rest of life. Yeah, this is like where I asked my... My athletes or all my students actually, they follow four simple rules. It's show up on time, get better, get tired, take care of your partner. Mm -hmm. So taking care of your partner, that's a huge piece of the puzzle, you know. So when we're doing, we're doing these drills and combinations, taking care of the partner is can be two things, like not kicking them too hard, mm -hmm. but then not kicking them so soft that they're not developing the block properly as well. So finding that fine line and being able to work with them so they can develop the skill to pull it off when the time counts. And then just having that, again, piece of empathy, I guess, with your partner you just start carrying that out throughout life because you're realizing how much this is changing because of your own development and the development of another also. So, um, yeah, I start ramming and taking off, but no, no, but <laughs> it, I think it's, it's like, that's one of the things. In fact, I remember reading like old, uh, Jigoro Kano book, the creator yes. of judo. And mm -hmm. one of his big things was this whole emphasis of mutual welfare. Um, that nice, was one of the key things of judo. And, which was sweet because then you think about judo today more as a sport and in mm -hmm. a different way. But the philosophy it was very much in line with what you're talking about, mm -hmm. which is again I think is anybody who has gone deep enough down that path and has a personality that's not just me want to punch nice. other, but you have a little bit more sophistication yeah. to the whole thing. You end up reaching the same. Yeah, it's, it's a piece of the puzzle of the golden rule of doing to others that you want mm -hmm. done unto you, right? Exactly. Being a good person. Exactly. Living by example, <laughs> when, right? When you strip it to the essential, yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the golden rule. I remember a completely random different note. I remember you telling the, about in your analyzing fights, mm -hmm. in your you play on multiple levels of consciousness. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I took it uh, quite seriously to get different perspectives of when I watched a fight and it just happened because I studied a fight and made notes, and then I watched it again, but I watched it again while I was uh, high on marijuana. Right. So I made notes again, and then I compared them, and I realized they were different. 
So then I was like, all right, well, then let's look at a third perspective. And I would take uh, Alfred away from Arnold, right. watch the fight again, make notes. Now, the notes were different. Were they different because I watched it again, you know, a second and third time? Or was it different because of the uh, the different perspectives yeah. from the nootropics the or the marijuana, right? So not quite sure, but there were different notes. I did see different things, and it did help just to have another perspective. Then okay. I realized... Man, I need to have other people watch a video and see what they get from it. So I have like Coach Seth Stacy. He'll watch videos for me as well. I get feedback from him. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to other coaches and what do you think about this guy or that guy? And it just you know again doing research and doing what you need to do to be successful. Absolutely. Did you, by the way, on the speaking of on it, did you notice a difference in their old capsule thing or the new ones, the one in powder? Did you uh, I don't really it? notice a difference. No, oh, for you, it's the same. It yeah. Works. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I'm I see some people that. Yeah. Spaceship's having right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I see some people who like really respond to one and not the other. Other mm-hmm. people. It's weird how people's chemistry is so mm-hmm. different from one another. Really? Like you and I can take the exact same substance and the effect it has on us is like night and day. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's fairly Just fun. registering that, right? And realizing that you do have different perspectives uh, on different elements. And, you know, even like watching the fight, maybe if I watched it when I was excited or sad, I'd have different... Uh, different perspectives of the fight as well so there's plenty of ways to i guess analyze something right different emotional state then you're like you watch that same fight 10 times right gotta get gotta get do something else spaceship and i can't handle yeah my wife yeah my wife can't handle uh, (laughs) not for me not i i feel you it's there are things like weed for example Mm -hmm. if i smoke totally fine if Mm -hmm. i take an edible i could die like it's literally (laughs) just it never I never had a single good experience. It's, oh, like, it's either where you take something and you feel nothing when you're like, what's the point? Yeah. Or if you go like this much over, it's like somebody grab a baseball bat <laughs> and swag it really hard straight across my head. It would be about the oh, same impact. You know? I, yeah, edibles are the best because there's no no scent, right? And right. I have my kids, so it's just, yeah, just of course. You know, eat yeah. a piece of candy basically and then hovering and taking off and doing what you need to do yeah no if, you, if it works it's great yeah. i'm my body does not respond well <laughs> it's I, just yeah it, yeah marijuana yeah. definitely helps me relax and enjoy life yeah from perspective and know? even that is funny because each strain is completely different yeah there you so go you have six right. where it's like oh this is pleasant whatever and mm-hmm. there's like this one strain that i'm just like is glorious because every single time without fail anytime i felt it like this heavy either i'm anxious or i'm nervous or it's is that time when it's getting to me where I'm mm. like, oh shit, I've been handled, I've been swimming along with things this time, I don't. I'm, it nailed me to the ground and I'm not in a good frame of mind. <laughs> and the one particular strain, for whatever reason, in this stage of my life, just goes, like all the heaviness evaporates and nice. I'm like, oh, I'm here again. Good, I can huh? move. <laughs> yeah, and this, but again, it's not even marijuana because other strains, Maybe pleasant, but they don't have the same effect. Wow. They don't have quite that cloud lifting power. So I'm just yeah. like, chemistry is a very strange beast. So I guess I got to share my DMT story. Oh, please do. I uh, I did DMT. It was at my 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 buddy's house, and it was just uh, well, I was still living in Sacramento. And what my question was, well, I heard if you do DMT, you can talk to you know get information mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So. Once I found this out, I did some research, and then I was like, okay, me leaving the team in Sacramento and moving out to Colorado and doing my own business and setting down my family and doing what I feel I need, need to do, is that the right decision, or should I stay in Sacramento? So 
that was to answer that question to have another because I, I asked a million people and a lot of people said different things right and of then I was like okay I need to find out you know who what the spirit molecule some sort mm-hmm. of and figure out you know what the answer is or get some piece of information from it so that was my goal for taking the DMT trip or doing it and anyway so now with the DMT trip you know I'm smoking it right? you know, take a hit and then you lay down, and for sure, like whoever made the kaleidoscope, one hundred percent has done DMT. Because <laughs> it that's is the, the exact same right. thing, like one hundred percent. And so I see a black, white, and gray kaleidoscope thing, and then it opens up, and then it closes, and then I wake up. So nothing happened. So then uh, my buddy goes, "Would well, you want to do it again?" I said, "Sure." So now this time, I, cause I usually I don't smoke anything. Yeah. Like if I do marijuana, it's edibles. I don't I don't smoke it too much. So smoking things was hard for me. And so this time I had to focus and I was like, oh, fuck, I need to figure yeah. out this answer. So I go, pass off the pipe. And then you, you can't, I couldn't stay up and I wasn't trying to, like you just lay down and right. just pass out, oh. right? And I'm on this pillow and then there's the kaleidoscope again, boom. And then it opens up. Now I'm looking at this glass window and then behind the window is a lake and there's a waterfall and there's clouds and it's raining and it's thundering and it's storming and all these elements going off at the same time and I want to go in there and I'm, and I'm and there's no there's no sound but it's like it's telling me no or something's telling me no but I want to go and it's like no and yes no like I want to see and experience this and see what's going on and then it comes down and it soups them up and I'm in this clear bubble now I'm up on this bubble and the rain's dropping down and rolling around it and I look down now and it's no longer a, a lake it's a river and it's a windy river and there's a guy who's dressed kind of like in a town outfit with like a little round hat and a, the big pushing stick on like the rowboat yeah. and he's pushing it side by side and he's going down the river and he's picking people up on one side of the river and then taking them down and dropping them off and picking people up dropping them off and then I woke up so then what I choose to believe that story is is that I'm the guy on the boat taking people on the martial art journey and then dropping them off and picking them up and taking them off so the message I got from that was wherever I go I'm going to be successful and why I'm here is to teach martial arts uh-huh. so that's why I choose to perceive that dream story experience right. so that's my DMT trip yeah because that's right there is uh, the interpretation part is that's as important as the experience and life is subject to interpretation definitely is uh, I had a pretty funny I had um, my one and only DMT experience was with Duncan Trussell okay and uh, it was funny because speaking of the different chemistries you know Duncan takes a hit and he's basically seeing the nature of the universe and he has this stupid smile on his face in just perfect happiness and like, I see the mysteries of it all. And I'm just looking at him and think, man, you're really goofy. And I'm like waiting for something. And it, you know, it does kick in physically. Like it's like this big body high where it's like I start melting into the couch mm-hmm. kind of feeling. But visually I'm like, okay, so when are we started? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Like oh, wow. at one point I see something where I'm like, oh, now it's kicking in because the whole ceiling looked deformed, oh, right? Wow. Okay. And I'm like, okay, now, I... mm-hmm. but then it ends. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, I for... he was having the wildest vision, right? I'm like, no, it was mine or it was just, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, actually, sorry to tell you, we didn't even have that because the ceiling is actually deformed if you look. That's just my ceiling is fucking Oh, off. wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That's funny. In that case, I guess. So it didn't not. work for you, huh? No, I mean, it was weird because you work like physically, I felt mm-hmm. it. It wasn't like I felt nothing. Like, it clearly was. It was kind of like a weird high in the physical part okay. where you just go like super relaxed mm-hmm. and very to the 10th power. But visuals, 
None. So None. you stayed awake the whole time? Yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. No. I, I mean, I was awake. like, my body was kind of in this super, I was mm -hmm. like laying down and being like, yeah. I'm really relaxed. I was, I was gone. No, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I passed out and it was like, a, I think 15 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, and there was a group of us that did it and everybody passed out. Right. Um, and then they all woke up and shared their stories and I wrote my story down. I brought oh, yeah, no work and I was like, well, I, thought I was going for a reason, you know, yeah, and yeah. I log everything anyway, right? Like workouts out, my drills and combinations and requirements and so on. But, uh, yeah, no, no one, uh, well, I went into the dream or to the session or whatever with a purpose to have a question answered. And I think maybe the others were just enjoying the moment. Right. Um, but for me, there's always gotta be a purpose and a reason why I'm sure. doing anything. So that's just part of my personality of trying to control things and make sure things are working in order. <laughs> Making more, it more all chaos, I got this. right. Yeah. Nice. Isn't it funny though, that stuff like this, like one is, you know, if you are the martial artist, you should 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. hardly anybody would even talk about other things you know oh, like if you do martial arts you talk about DMP. martial arts oh. and there's no you don't yeah. make up things but like everything that around you know. my life is revolved around martial arts right. you know like I'm I'm doing things in purpose for again development figuring mm -hmm. out you know who I am and if I can take the information and help others better their lives like that's my pursuit that's why I'm here yeah. is to teach martial arts and and uh, that, that's it that's so awesome, you man. know I get perspectives from in you know if you go for a run you know, you think about different aspects of the martial arts, right? Or if you're just sitting out relaxing or watching the fights or just yep. talking, you know, there's different ways to find the creativity. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, different, again, different thought processes of being active or inactive. It's just different uh, avenues to figure stuff out. Just Make, figure, we're all just, we're all just making shit. Of go, course, because right? nobody so, has yeah. all the answers yeah, so or just, even. Just picking up pieces of the puzzle and putting yep. them together and creating. Definitely. That's yep. not like fun yep. right there. This is all I do is martial arts. Yeah. Everything I do is related around that in my family. Yeah. Seth, was, uh, what was your primary reason for getting into the martial I guess, yeah, even more specific than just doing system, just in martial arts in general. Like, what attracted you to martial arts? Uh, it saved my life. Mm. Well, that helps. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, no, uh, yeah. I had a problem with alcohol for a lot of years mm -hmm. and uh, didn't make the best choices in life. And uh, I needed to find an outlet so that I could spend time with my son. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I drank too much yep. and uh, my ex-wife left me mm -hmm. and uh, she told me, she said, Seth, I hope you can get sober and clean your life up for your son. And it was one of the toughest but most beautiful things and advice that I could ever have in my life, right? So what I did was is I went down to a karate school and I signed up and I said, I'm here to learn discipline because I have none. Mm -hmm. And with that journey, it gave me something to focus on. Because um, anytime you you know have an addiction, you if you take something out of it, That's it's going to collapse, yeah, right? So you have to fill it with something. Yeah. So I filled it with martial arts, and you know, with the frustration with who I was, I used it to change myself, um, which is you know beautiful because um, I looked for something more with than the karate that I was sure. at. I wanted realistic and functionality, right? Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't just about trophies for sure. me. I, I wanted to know that I could be confident because I had lost some of that confidence younger sure. in life and that's probably why I drank and mm -hmm. issues and stuff like that. So I took that and I used martial arts as a journey to build myself back to be a good father for my son. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, I mean, that's the true story. And, my ninja. Yeah, yeah, which is what's more important than that. Right. You know, and that's, family. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Dwayne gave me an opportunity. You know, that's, uh, I'm, I'm great. I'm thankful for him because... 
there wasn't a lot of opportunities. I live in a small town in mm-hmm. Alaska, you know, and uh, to have an opportunity, somebody of you know even doing stature, you know, and of course, to give somebody a couple of guys in a garage an opportunity to make something of himself says something highly about his character and his personality and what he's bringing to the table, you know. And uh, for me, it gave me now I can, I have that. I've worked hard. He's given me all the options for me to take advantage of it. That's what he's given for me. Right. He's put it there and he said. You can take advantage of this, right? I could either choose not to, or I could choose to, yeah. right? And I appreciate the opportunity greatly, so I don't want to let him down. I don't want to let myself down. And I wanted to build a relationship with my son, and that's something that I'm doing now. I wasn't there for a while. I fought the journey to stay strong so I can be there in my son's yep. life. And now I'm with my stepsons, Jay-Z and you know Max, and that's why I saw I got some photos you know when i hadn't seen some of the boys in a while and they come and train with me so you know the martial arts is you know saved my life in a lot of ways yeah because i think that's really ultimately what it's about because it's like yeah you are you become a better martial artist yeah well that's great but who cares you know you become a better human being and now we're talking yeah it's like uh, you're you're right 100 percent because it's about personal growth Mm -hmm. it had to test me when I was down, when I was frustrated, when so I was you sore. It. Yep. That's yeah, right. It. Yeah. That's right. And and I had to get better at dealing with coping with wanting a drink, not drinking. Do I do push-ups? Do I go practice punching? And I think that's right there is the point you brought up. is one that we often forget. Mm-hmm. Like when people are trying to change out of a negative pattern, most of the time they forget exactly what you said, which is when you deny yourself something, which may be a bad thing. So it's a good thing to deny yourself that. But you still need something to replace it. Otherwise you just feel that you're losing something and you have nothing that gives you satisfaction, yeah. but you can replace it with something that gives you a healthier satisfaction and then you're in good, you're in business. Then that's you're right. Good, you know? Develop a, develop a process. You know, that's something I deal with people that have a hard time sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I kind of gravitate towards them. You know, I know they have, you know, issues. I'll be more apt to be like, Hey, come try this class out. You know why? Yeah. Well, I have a little bit of experience. I'm not like uh, licensed or anything like that, but I can at least give them an opportunity for them to see a difference and make a change, and then it's up to them. Yeah. Uh, I did realize through my path that the the hardest path is usually the right one. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to go that way, right, going up the mountain, right, you'll never get to experience what it's like to be on top of the mountain, right? And I think, in fact, what you said about discipline is that goes back also to how you are made in a way you know some people are hardcore disciplined by nature in a way and then if anything they need to learn to mellow out a little bit it's like okay it's not all about rules and regulation and by 8 a.m i have to get this done if on the other end you have no discipline that's the path right there is you got to learn that you know yeah. you got to accountability yeah that's right yeah so time self-growth man it's a yeah. it's an amazing thing i want to throw i want to throw this punch hard so i can be a you know a badass yeah, i mean right? it's like but really, when you get them working on the technical side mm-hmm. of breaking it down and focusing on, right, a, a punch is self-mastery. That's yep. the key. Yeah, that's that's something I noticed, right? A punch is just a punch. Mm-hmm. Then you learn something about the punch, and there's all these complexities, and then a punch is just a punch. But mentally, you've grown and evolved through that process of hard work and discipline Absolutely. and repetition. Yeah. And in that sense, you know, anything can do it, probably. There are a bunch of disciplines. I think martial art, at least for my way of looking at things, 
because it's so primal, you know, it's mm. something that anybody who has a body can relate to this idea because we all understand conflict, we all understand violence at a very primal level. So something where that always catches people's attention. Mm. Nobody stay neutral when you're talking about something that is such an intense physical experience, which is why, you know, things like, I mean, it's almost the stereotype of entertainment, right? What are all movies built on sex and violence because they are the most intense physical experiences that anybody who's got a body is going to go through mm -hmm. in that way. And so it, it hooks the interest, but then it's that process of learning, refining, working. That... That's the direction of the mixed martial arts now. And it's not so much just the martial arts, but the drama, dramatic effects of the drama, I mm -hmm. guess, right? Of the name calling and trying to stir up the emotions of the masses and very few people can actually fight, but everyone can talk shit. So they relate to that, right? So when the fighters talk shit, it sells tickets with butts and seats. You know, it starts driving up the numbers. So that's one thing I think uh, which has held TJ's shot for the title. Sure. You know, because mm -hmm. he's not out there acting a fool on the mic. So, um, but hopefully we'll get the title shot and uh, spinning things back around with the yeah. fights. But yeah, it's a training and just randomly throwing this out there. I see mixed martial arts training more along the way of entertainment industry. Yeah, of um, course. But that's, you know, I guess a part of involvement. And I think, you, oh, sorry, uh, I saying, one thing I thought was amazing about, you know, uh, the fight is the thing that TJ brings to the table is that he can go out and compete mm -hmm. without it necessarily being an emotional mm -hmm. thing. And to me, that's a beautiful thing, right? To have that, like, Zazen or empty mind, right? right? At Flow. that moment, right? Because mm -hmm. you were talking about violence in the sense. Everybody always correlates that kind of like anger or mm -hmm. hatred, sure. and that's why I think there's always a misconception about martial artists that compete, mm -hmm. right? Doesn't because oh I hate you or I don't sure. like it. it's when they can hug and camaraderie yeah. because it's not about that emotion of intent towards another person. I think that's pretty amazing. I think you know that's another thing that TJ and Dwayne and everybody brings to the table as far as development for people like that. For yeah, he's cars. definitely a ninja, that's yeah. for sure. No, and and I think you guys are right on that issue of uh, like the business of MMA is tricky because mm -hmm. you are right. That is how you're going to sell tickets. It's almost like if there is no rivalry, if everybody's like, yeah, you know, my right, opponent, yes. really nice guy, mm -hmm. works yeah. hard, right. good yeah. technique, we'll see who wins. The you know, and then I'm curious of like how much, you know, we're, we're on our phones and doing social media and having the, those continuous stimulations of uh, news and entertainment and gossip, you know, and wanting to have that fix of adrenaline or whatever it goes through our brain. How much of that is enticed to now what we have to stir up the masses to buy the tickets? So keep stirring up their emotions. Yeah, I wonder how much of that, you know, selling the fight and talking crap wasn't needed 50 years ago. Yeah. They were just excited to see the fight, right? But all oh, this guy's talking shit now, stirs up a bit more emotion. Just repeating the same thing, but I'm curious to see the evolution of the human species. Like, what's, gonna, what's the yeah. next piece of the puzzle that's going to keep us attentive? You know, because right now my attention spans yeah. 15 seconds. That right. was funny. Like I was hearing, I remember reading an interview with uh, Conor McGregor's family mm -hmm. and they were saying like the first time when they saw him go off and going into this crazy shit talking, everybody was like, they were looking at each other because they were like, who the hell knew that that was mm -hmm. in him? Because that's, that's not how he is 24 seven. That's not even it. how he is period. It's that, like, that's a just, business. Yeah, he trained Exactly. For it. I think he, uh, he apparently used the same guy 
that Chelsea was using. I uh-huh. forgot the guy's name. I had it. Shit talking master. Yeah, we'll just learn how. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah who is that guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a guy behind it. That's yeah. pretty funny. Mm-hmm. That's he's, like, he's naturally gifted at it as well, right? Sure. sure. Quick witted, but uh, there was a guy that teaches you. Oh, you know, there's public speakers, right. right? Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, that was funny to be a vocoder because you know people take it in. Uh, Literally, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, he's putting on a show. It's clear that he's exactly. putting, he, he's putting on a mask. He's yep. putting on a character, mm-hmm. and he's acting it in an awesome way. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't take it seriously. You get like, paid now. He might actually fight Mayweather. So. Right, I saw that. That's, yeah, that's saw huge. That that's huge. Yeah, yeah. That's that could be Mayweather's talking about him. Yeah, that's the first guy to ever cross over. Mayweather's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That could be about to get interesting. Into his pockets. Yeah, that's also the part of ninja. Part. Talk about being a ninja, right? You're pulling it off. Yeah, but Mayweather will. Clearly, outbox him. Of course, uh, but Conor's got that good pull cross, but it's just one technique that he yeah. has against him. You know, literally a boxing master. Yeah, no. it's just not one trick pony versus a master. But again, you go into a fight in which is not your sport. Mm-hmm. You make twenty million dollars. Yeah, and that's you the goal, say, right? He's oh, look at money. that! I lost to the most tickets. decorated modern boxer yeah. in the world. Like yeah. nobody expects you to not, win yeah. anyway. Yeah. So it's like. His, his back is, is not against the it's wall. The first time you don't mind getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, well, Mayweather probably won't because yeah. you know his game like his is uh, more of a points. awesome points, right, not right. the heat, That's all right. of that. So you probably don't take that much damage, mm-hmm. make a shitload of money, and Blow up your not name. a bad deal. It's like yeah. uh, your only professional fight was against the most decorated boxer of modern Ever. history. Yeah. Like, That's worse things can happen. You know. <laughs> Yes, you know, this, the fact that we're talking about him, the fact that Mayweather's talking about him, like, that's, yeah. that's ninja. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's very rare um, human being. Marketing himself skill. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that part is, uh, for better or worse, and probably for both at the same time, it's part of the game in mm-hmm. MMA. You know, you're not... I mean, it's part of the game in most sports, because it's, like, beside Attention. the actual... Yeah, how do you hook people emotional mm-hmm. content, you know? You know, if you care about the fighter who's fighting you want to see what's going mm-hmm. on. If it's just two guys going at it and you see who's the better technique, people who are... Oh, important. As, you know, we have this martial arts nerd mm-hmm. mentality will still care. Yeah. Most everybody else will be like, yeah. it's two guys. The hardcore kicks, fans are... Yeah. yeah, they're committed. Exactly. Yeah, we got to pull in the masses, though. Yeah. Uh, everyone talk, can talk shit and really can relate to that, so... And I think that's where it's that. interesting to have other ways. You mm-hmm. know, it's like the... Um, I remember once years ago I was talking with this lady who was one of the kind of the main person in US for Pride and one of the things that she was saying was uh, when at the time Matt Hughes was huge she was mm-hmm. saying I would hire Matt Hughes and I'm like really why because yeah. he said well because he's as good as he wins he's good as long as he wins mm-hmm. the moment he loses nobody cares because there's not that personal yeah, he's call. saying like exactly. somebody like Sakuraba Mm-hmm. He can lose 25 fights in a row and people will still pay to watch mm-hmm. him because he's cool, because he's exciting, because he's funny, because he's... And I think that was another model that's interesting. You know, like you take a guy like Genki, a guy like Sakurai, mm, exactly. who don't have to be shit talkers to attract mm-hmm. attention, they do yes. it in another way. Uh, Genki yeah, with the crazy entrance, yep. Saku, because he was crazy in an mm-hmm. endearing, amazing way. You know, mm-hmm. where you see the guy in the middle of the fight who's like smiling at the camera, yeah. doing the six, they are yeah. like, who does She's that? never you seen know? it and then you uh, you can tell, but then got hooked uh, emotion. Like mm-hmm. I like this guy. I want to see what he does next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Uh, but uh, yeah, that is a tricky game because MMA in this it's definitely sport, mm-hmm. but there's also entertainment. 
how far There's is more the layers entertainment. To it exactly. It's, right? uh, and even within the entertainment, it can be a bad thing, it can be a mm-hmm. good thing. Because mm-hmm. some entertainment, who said that it's a bad thing? If you do it a la Sakuraba way, it's fun, it's mm-hmm. good, it's harmless. You don't really, if it becomes just a constant shit talking competition, gets old and yeah. ultimately Turns becomes. rap music. Yeah, it becomes the opposite <laughs> of right. what. Well, I love rap though too, but. Yeah, but yeah. In the, when it becomes that kind of the opposite of self development, it becomes mm-hmm. uh, just more. At least you have to post or like you have this big ego whether you do or you don't and you know mm. it's, it's a different vibe that's selling tickets yeah but ultimately you yeah. need to pay to be yeah. us right, right. So it's like, it if they love you they pay you if they hate yeah. you they pay to see you lose so numbers right well and which is what a lot of those guys did you know right. if you even go back very early days you go like tank abbott you know, he had a horrible record, but people would pay to watch it regardless, yeah. win, mm-hmm. lose, whatever. He had that it character. Yeah, exactly. I think that's part of the going out on the shield thing, too, yeah. right? Yeah. A lot of it, you know, they go in and they're willing to go out that way. That's the, you know, people love that. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, if I I'm over it. Right. right. It's like I want to enjoy my food, you know, with my wife, see my kids grow, play with them. Yeah, have brain cells to do mm-hmm. it. There was actually a podcast I listened to, and I can't remember. Uh, man, I, I can't remember. It was off. Uh, I think it was Inside BJJ, mm-hmm. where a guy was talking about that that he no longer wanted to go out on the shield. Nice. That's why he retired. Yeah. He didn't feel like he wanted. To. Brad Stan. Yeah. One That's sure. what he said, yeah. Yep. How was it for you being married to the crazy wild man fighting all over the world? Uh, uh, what was your experience with it? Did you because st- again, you know, there's obviously an emotional pressure on the whole thing. How much was it a struggle for you? Was it did you get used to it and felt okay about it? What was kind of your response to it? It's like this I grew up being a tomboy, uh-huh. so. I love the whole martial arts, you know. I love the whole fighting. And then they met Dwayne, and then he did the whole martial art thing. And um, I loved it. Love. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I loved it. But with with him going in the ring and seeing him, you know, compete, he was so excellent in what he did. I didn't have too much of a fear, mm-hmm. you know. Because he was so good. But then when things went kind of downhill is when he started, like, when he broke his leg. And then right. it was just like, okay. I crazy. Had I had crazy I had, injuries. Yeah. 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 After that whole experience, I just had enough. I was, I was like, like, we need to we need to end this. That was a good phase. Yeah, like a, <laughs> Let's call it a yeah. day. Coaching's way And like I said, it's an emotional yeah. roller coaster. Because you never know what's going to happen. Of course. Especially seeing, seeing your loved one, you know, in that ring. It's just. And especially the more paradoxical, the more successful you are, so the more you climb to the ranks, right. the harder the fights get. Right. <laughs> so, know. you know, early on, it's all mm-hmm. a big party. And yeah, then party <laughs> as nice. the games start getting Yo, the party, harder and like harder, yeah. it's yeah. like, oh, this is not so fun. Right. Yes. <laughs> this is a really hell of a fight. This is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Perspective, so, huh? Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad that he... Um, coaches now right Let's just say that <laughs> so that was so, a good phase but yeah, that, exactly. good to turn the corner mm-hmm. around it that's awesome right. yeah our lifestyles are pretty much the same i just don't get hit in the face anymore right, right. Yeah. it's you get to eat what i want and uh, hang out with my wife and kids mm-hmm. that works yeah that's uh and I'm you guys live in colorado right yes sir where at? born and raised arvada 
Arvada is about 20 miles northwest of Denver towards oh, okay. Boulder. Okay, okay. Yeah. So cool. Oh, that Yatara is beautiful. Yeah, it that's is. a beautiful Colorado's place. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's is. our home. Yeah, the Thais have been, I've always been like, ah, this place is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. Our academy is 4.3 miles from the house. Uh-huh. So we live right by it. And then that's got a, an investor buddy. We're going to buy a second house and uh, it's going to be for like, the affiliate coaches mm-hmm. and for people to come train. So. It's nice. We're definitely we're expanding some avenues and That's making awesome. it easier for people to come out and learn and develop themselves through the arts. For people who come in visiting from out of state, out I of bet state, it takes a country. little bit to get their cardio. Yeah, right sure. The elevations, <laughs> yeah, right in Nevada, we're at six thousand feet elevation, <laughs> yeah. so uh, it definitely changes for sure. Coach Seth Stacy noticed it. Yeah, yeah, it's a rough one. Oh you, man, you, you're, you're working all week and pumping up, get as many reps in so you can come and perform well. And then your cardio's gone when you get out. Yeah, there. Oh, yeah. I thought of that. I know, like when we go up <laughs> to. I know. For fun, we go up to Big Bear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's close by, but it's seven thousand feet or something. Man, it's like we start playing, throw two punches, and then you're winded right away. And you're like, "What the hell? <laughs> I haven't done anything." You know, crazy, this is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's, yeah, you get your workout really fun, real yeah. quick. Comes, it's it quick for sure. Yeah, I like it's it. Fun. I like it when I come back home. Though, yeah. I go, I can go for yeah. a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, I always have good cardio. I'm gonna have good cardio tomorrow. You better not Just get like tired. Just like here, somewhere. yeah, I'll have good cardio. So I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's go. Cool. She's in training the seminar tomorrow, so it's yeah. gonna be fun. Awesome. Yeah. That should yeah. be cool. Yeah, my wife, my wife and kids have to train. I'm always gonna be there to protect them. You know, mm-hmm. so they learn how to handle themselves and just, just just deal with you know other human beings. Yeah. And, Composure and nothing like learning how to shin kick them in the head. Yes, for sure. If that is, if that needs to be the the option, then it's good to have it as an option. It's like right is the Mm -hmm. speak softly and carry a big stick, right? To have the nice combination always helps. (laughs) Definitely. I guess one last thing I want to ask is, um, it's I find it interesting in approaching the game. How sometimes there are two tracks of you have the people who are very strategic about it. So it's like the goal clearly is I want to take as little damage as possible, mm-hmm. do yeah. as good as possible, and play play smart, right? And then there's the approach that it's kind of the answer in a way approach where the I don't care about winning or losing. Actually, I want to go into the hardest possible scenario because it's about it's a personal test in a way Ego it's test, about yeah. fear and dealing with like you know how and so for example when he was fighting guys like Igor Vorchenchi and mm-hmm. rather than doing the smart thing which was shoot on him try to use her jiu-jitsu to take him down and then I mean I work the submission with the jiu-jitsu on the ground he was like it's Igor Vorchenchi and I'm gonna stay toe-to-toe yeah. and train big blows well, who and did that uh, and so you know yeah. yeah and it, that's kind of his soul but explicitly that's his thing he's like mm-hmm. he's like I'm not there to win I mean, if I win, that's nice, but I'm there to, it's like, to him, is like this weird test of the spirit kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I see that, that, you know, that's, again, finding out who you are, yeah. that's the, the test you want to put yourself in yeah. to see how you come on the other side, then so be it, we're all, we have our own journey, mm-hmm. right, and again, it goes back to perspective, you know, versus someone who wants to be elusive like Mayweather, and just, uh, you know, outpoint you and right. go home healthy and happy with yeah that. which is also Pocket not full of cash right enjoy his millions is, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, in, in I a, wish I probably maybe done that a bit more right yeah. in all the kind I'm of way they both make perfect sense yes because one is this samurai you what's know, their journey wanna, exactly mm, yeah. it's just different goals there yeah. and there that's funny man mm-hmm. Well, this sounds great. Where can uh, people find info about all your teaching seminars? I teach, uh, well, bangwithai.com. Uh, I haven't really updated those. Basically, my social media, right? 
what was my Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, you know, I guess just on social media, and then I'll be teaching a seminar at the Sense Rootins Academy Saturday, January 14th. Yeah, 12 to 1 30 p.m. Oh, well, that's by the time it's we 12, release this. Yeah, so I was like, I thought so. so long like, in uh, the past. Yeah, so, no worries. So, it is what you guys do invent a time machine, yeah. <laughs> set it back nice. to January 14th, and then you can go to the seminar. The and, or there's the online. Yeah, the online academy, and yep. so all of this is done through your basically follow social media and that will yes, open sir. the doors to everything yep. else that makes sense yes, perfect sir. Yes, sir. anything else you guys want to throw out there no. check out the online academy it's dope he it breaks it down lays out weekly mm. curriculums for you to follow mm. it's easy for anybody to follow uh, you can shadow box it you can use bags or you can work with a partner there's no excuses not to do it nice coach beautiful thank you Drunken Talist appreciate it my friend thank yes. you guys so much yes sir, sir. Well, the funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Towels podcast. Now we're doing our sort of back-to-back weeks with the shows, so we don't have any fresh donations this time. But be sure to listen next time. We'll be botchering names once again to the kind folks that help us out by uh, donating to our cause here so that we can have this sweet new equipment that we so desire. Um, definitely quickly want to rethink Dr. Sarah and on it and sure design the folks that have been with us from the very beginning so helpful and so kind um don't forget that on the website you can check out for some drunken Dallas t-shirts four incredible designs each better than the next um Bellelli's Dallas lecture series is available there as well and don't forget please use our Amazon link it helps us out so much and it costs you nothing extra it's just a little piece taken off of any Amazon purchases that they're kind enough to help you know, fun not just us, but a lot of podcasts uh, get a little extra help out from the Amazon portal. So be sure to bookmark our Amazon link. Help us out in the future. And real quick, I want to mention the Daisy House, the people that do our f- incredible theme music and have allowed us to enjoy it for years. They've got a fresh record out called Crossroads. And it would be really great for you to go have a listen to the other music that they make. Uh, daisyhouse.bandcamp.com. It's $10 for a digital copy. And uh, it's always fun to help out folks that have helped us out. And that's what it's all about anyway. So there you go. That's the end of another fine episode. And we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye. <laughs> And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See you all soon.
Maybe I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenze di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's... So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about... Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work.